Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Beneath Vancouver Radio. Hopefully, you're having a wonderful day. Uh, wonderful day. Wonderful day. Um, it's a little bit still uh, kind of getting the jitters out a little bit, even after 40 episodes. But you know that happens. That happens. But speaking about episodes, this is number 48, which is crazy to believe that we're almost reaching halfway to 100. Um, definitely a wild ride since the first episode. That was a little over two and a half years ago. Crazy to think that um, it's been an amazing journey. Thank you again to all the listeners. But I'm going to jump right into it. I'm going to introduce our guest for episode number 48, which is Lena. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. You know, just staying at home working. I feel yeah. like a lot of us are and just seeing the days go by and you look at the calendar at the bottom right of your computer and you're like, wow, it's already a new month. So <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Oh, gosh. It, it's definitely been a journey. But uh, you know, we're, we're getting there day by day. That's all we can really do. But um, yeah, let's have some fun. We're gonna have a good conversation here. Um, you're a, a local UBC graduate as well. So I'll mm-hmm. let you dive into that a little bit more. But I'm gonna start off the podcast as I do all the other episodes. Lena, who are you today? Cool. Yeah. So I guess, as you already said, I'm a recent UBC grad. I graduated virtually from my basement. <laughs> Yay. Class Yay. of 2020 <laughs> pandemic times um, back I'm in June. You. Yeah. And um, I graduated with a major in psychology and I minored in commerce, but I'm currently not doing anything at all with my degree. I actually didn't even bother to look for a traditional job, I guess, after finishing mm-hmm. school because I really wanted to give myself the chance to pursue my dreams and my passion. So right now I'm a film and TV actress and a content creator on YouTube. I guess content creator is really just a fancy way of saying I'm just a YouTuber. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I'm just trying to make those things happen for me. And I guess Mm -hmm. besides that, I'll mention that um, I'm also an immigrant. So I moved from Canada to sorry from Colombia to Canada, to Canada. Yeah, yeah. When, when I was 10 years old so English is my second language and mm-hmm. yeah I'll leave it at that I like that I see a guitar for those who are tuning in on the YouTube version or listening in the audio mm-hmm. version there's a guitar in the background do, do you play as well I do yeah I've been playing since I was like 13 I really hopped on that um Taylor Swift <laughs> when I was like 13, I was like, I want to, I want to do that. So I picked up, I picked up a guitar. Yeah. So are I've you been still on that train? Time. Yeah. Um, I am. I wouldn't Taylor really... Swift trained. Oh yes. Yeah. yes. You know what? <laughs> I have no shame in saying that. I know a lot of people don't really mm-hmm. buy Taylor Swift, but, um, yeah, no, I love her. Also, she like recently put out two albums in the span of yeah. like, I was going to say crazy. Um, and they're nice. both really good. So yeah. I mean, I like that. Yeah, (laughs) sounds good. Sounds good. So a good little little introduction there. But I kind of wanted to talk a lot, uh, or I guess from like what I know, and from what I've seen you in terms of your work and stuff like that, um, is more on the YouTube side. And uh, Mm -hmm. at least from my perspective, that's kind of uh, how I first came across your content and and everything like that. So let's talk a little bit about the YouTube journey. Because really, I think in terms of this podcast, the only other YouTuber I think that I've had is Jensen, which is someone that we both know as well. Mm -hmm. So it's a bit of a a small world in, in, in that regard shout out to jensen if you're tuning in but let's talk a little bit about your youtube journey and um obviously now i feel like almost especially during quarantine and covid everyone kind of wants to to do something on youtube or online but uh when you were when you were first starting off like how was that journey like and when did you kind of start yeah um i guess this is a very long story because when i first started posting videos on youtube i wasn't doing it for 
I guess, for views or for Mm -hmm. money or anything. I didn't really like consider that as part of it. I really just wanted to document different aspects of my life. There's a couple of videos that are privated now, but if you go back, my very first videos are like a little hiking trip that I took or like (laughs) if I went on a family trip, I would like film that. And I, I really just loved the editing aspect of it. And I started editing videos when I was like 11 or 12. There's definitely some really cringy videos. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Windows Movie Maker. I think I started out literally editing like, you know, those like lyric videos way back then? With the blue (laughs) background and then the... (laughs) It was literally me. And that's how I I was like, oh, yes, this is a little fun, little hobby I can do. Make make videos for people. Um, Yeah, that's how I I guess I, I started on Windows Movie Maker. And then it just kind of progressed into like documenting my life. And the more I the more I did it, the more I really enjoyed the actual like creative process with picking the music and like editing things to the beat and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. So it just kind of started evolving. And then um, I guess I really started dedicating more time to it, maybe like second year of university. Right. Um, I guess it really started with my UBC dorm tour and it purely was because I really wanted to document what my room looked like. And I figured mm-hmm. other people would probably want that want to like see what the rooms looked like too and then from there I guess I started posting a little bit more consistently than I was doing before but yeah I guess that's that the viral video the dorm one because the video that YouTube recommended to me I'm not too sure how long ago definitely over a year ago uh was the tour one I think of UBC like the campus one if I'm not mistaken so that's when I first saw your content but was the dorm one like the first kind of viral video or Um, I wouldn't really consider it viral I think it got somewhere around like 30,000 views I think now it's Mm -hmm. sitting at like 100,000 or something but it was the first video that I saw that like that I was like oh whoa like people are actually it's not just like my mom and my dad now yeah yeah like like, there's actual views and like actual Mm -hmm. comments like people asking things about the room and that that was when I really noticed I was like oh Maybe more people want to see UBC content. And I think at the time there wasn't really too too much about it. So I started also like vlogging college right. weeks in my life and and whatnot. And I really did become a college YouTuber. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's good. And how's that kind of experience like? Because obviously you're filming yourself and you know, I spent five years on campus and I never really saw anyone. Like, I think maybe I saw one person fill themselves in the entire time that I was there. And I actually was in the video. Oh, um, no. <laughs> funny enough, I forgot what it was about. I think it was just some like purse. I saw him, saw the video on Reddit. Mm-hmm. And then I went to his YouTube channel. I don't know what it was called. Now I don't think he, I think he graduated because this was like during my beginning of my of my degree. So like in my first or second year. Gotcha. Um, but what was that kind of like? Did it, people ever kind of look at you funny and be like, what is this? What is she doing? I, Why is she like filming? I was really subtle about it. And mm. I have a DSLR camera that mm-hmm. I use for most of my YouTube videos. Um, and I recently just got a vlogging camera. So when I was at UBC, I didn't carry around my big, my big camera from class <laughs> to class because right. it was just really nerve wracking. So most of the footage that you see of me in class or walking to class or even talking to the camera on my way to class is all shot on my iPhone. Mm. And I try to be really subtle about it because 
it was embarrassing. Like you're, yeah. <laughs> like it's nerve wracking to like be talking to yourself on the camera. So um, I literally would use my iPhone front camera. The quality wasn't that great, and I had my headphones plugged in so that I could talk oh, kind so, of quietly yeah. and have the microphone. <laughs> hello, hello. Like, no like, one's really watching. Close to me, so that it would seem subtle, and sometimes I would act like I was like on a phone call or on a something. Phone call, yeah, <laughs> it didn't look so weird. Um, in hindsight, I'm like realistically. Does it really matter? Like, yeah, I don't think anybody matter. would care. But um, I guess we just kind of, I think it's a natural thing to not feel so natural when you're doing yeah, it. Yeah, self-conscious about it. Yeah, the only time that I really experienced, like, on the on the filming side was, like, when I was in L.A. last two summers ago. I was by myself. Like, all my other friends were doing something else. And the place that I was going to to eat uh, that I Ubered 30 minutes for just that one place it's actually closed that one day for like renovations or whatever. Oh, yeah. And it was my last day in, in LA. So I was just like walking kind of aimlessly. And I'm like, you know what, I'm going to make a little like random miniature vlog about mm -hmm. it. It's actually on my on my Instagram. It's, it's just like posted randomly one day. Nice. And people were like, this is so cool. And I'm like, this is so <laughs> cringe. Like I'm just walking around. And it definitely I think for me, it was a little bit easier because like, I'm probably never going to see the people around ever again oh, yeah. like obviously when you're on campus you go to school like probably five times out of the seven days of the week <laughs> for nine months of the 12 months of the entire year so you're definitely mm -hmm. gonna see some some uh, familiar faces so um, I think it's yeah once you get more comfortable with it and kind of you realize that I think even more than now than ever like it's people are starting to normalize it almost like mm -hmm. if they see someone who's like filming it's kind of like oh they're probably doing something for like youtube or whatever instagram and stuff like that like it's starting to become more common and definitely in the earlier stages it was it's definitely nerve-wracking and people are just yeah. kind of like Why yeah are you what are you doing right now <laughs> i feel like even now sometimes it's still really weird and i wonder mm -hmm. if it would be different if you lived in a place like la or right i don't know just because la is so like content it's heavy, so content kind of, yeah. heavy, right? I feel like people wouldn't even blink an eye if they mm -hmm. um, if they saw someone doing yeah. that. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree one hundred percent. And I guess like picking back upon that, like how was the obviously graduating as you mentioned like last year and virtual and stuff like that. How was like your journey in general with university and kind of understanding what you wanted to do next? You mm -hmm. know, quote unquote in life. And you mentioned in your intro that you're not necessarily do anything right now directly related to your degree but you know I'm in the same boat like I'm majoring in kinesiology I'm not a physiotherapist or even a kinesiologist or anything along those lines right I'm, I do a podcast right like they definitely didn't teach me that in school so um, what's that journey been like kind of transitioning into again not just graduating in a COVID world but also graduating into a, a world that may not be directly related to your studies yeah um so like I said I I I majored in psychology, but actually when I was in second year, I really wanted to transfer into media studies because mm -hmm. I figured, you know, I'm kind of enjoying this editing thing. Yeah. I would kind of like to do something with marketing. So that program at UBC is really, really small and really competitive. So mm -hmm. when I tried to make the switch, I, I didn't get in. Um, right. So I kept going with psychology and I absolutely... Honestly, I feel like it just worked out for the best because the more huh. I went with my career, the more I really, really loved it. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not really, really doing anything with it. But the plan originally was <laughs> to, <laughs> was to do my major in psych and then minor in commerce and kind of do something within the marketing world of it, like right. use applied psychology combined with my um, commerce minor and kind of 
get a job in the marketing world, which I mean, it might still happen, but that was the initial plan. And part of that plan was like, yeah, (laughs) pre-COVID. And part of that plan was also, as I was in university, I was really hoping the film and TV acting would work out. Like I would Mm -hmm. just book a really good role. Um, And it didn't quite happen. I mean, I booked, uh, I was in a few commercials and I was in a TV show, but it was never anything that was like, okay, my career in acting is set now. Like I don't need to worry about like looking for a real job. So when I graduated, I had this like horrible loss of identity almost. I don't know if Mm -hmm. maybe you can relate to it because you recently graduated. but, But I mean, you go from being a student your entire life and now it's like okay now it's the real world and you got to figure out what you want to do and um especially at home too like you can't even like explore like literally explore like you can't (laughs) even find yourself (laughs) exactly it's like I can't even take that like post-grad travel trip that like people take I mean not that I have the money for it right now anyway (laughs) um but yeah it's it's really it's really weird but after I graduated I was like okay, I don't, I want to give myself the chance to really, really try this out and put 100% into it because for acting- This being the YouTuber, the acting, sorry. Okay. So um, I guess when you're in school, like there's a lot of other responsibilities. So I wouldn't say Mm -hmm. I was able to give like 100% to acting or 100% to to YouTube either way because it's like, okay, you have- um, an audition tomorrow, but hey, you also have an exam tomorrow. So it really became about like trying to figure out time management and dividing my time. But I don't mm-hmm. think I really ever got to a point where I was like a hundred percent into what I really want to do. So I really wanted to give myself the chance to try and look for that. I told myself mm-hmm. I would give like a one year, uh, <laughs> a one year period <laughs> to try it out. But now my one year is kind of uh dwindling the time is dwindling. <laughs> who uses that word um the time is kind of going away so we'll see what happens but hopefully hopefully it pans out it's pilot season right now in the film and tv industry so okay. fingers crossed fingers crossed yeah and i'm curious how you, how did you kind of get into that space because you know personally again i'm not uh too a too familiar with that like industry mm-hmm. and b don't know that many of my like i don't have that many like actor friends or actress friends or anything along those lines so i'm curious to hear a little bit more about like your background about getting into that space because i know and correct me if i'm wrong i might be completely talking out of left field here but <laughs> it, vancouver is relatively decently known sort yeah. of like for this industry kind of yeah, maybe it's, perhaps it's, <laughs> you're right it's, it's actually okay. nicknamed um hollywood north yeah. Okay. Um. Obviously, it's north. I don't even know why I tried to explain that. <laughs> obviously, it's north of Hollywood. Oh my gosh. Okay. Let's yeah, let's move on from that. Gotta make sure you know. You gotta make sure you gotta explain <laughs> it. You, you never north know. Southwest. <laughs> um. Um. No. Yeah. It's it's a it's it's a pretty big industry up in up here in Vancouver. And weirdly enough, I don't know if I don't know if I'm just speculating here, but I think mm-hmm. with COVID a lot of productions are actually moving up to Vancouver because it's doing a lot better than, than the States our, and than California right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think we have things a little bit um, better in that sense. So mm-hmm. actually I think since COVID I've been really, really busy. I've had more auditions than I think the year before that. So um, right. kind of crazy. Yeah. But I guess, 
I guess there's a long story and a short story <laughs> as to how I got into acting. Um, I'm trying to pick which one to tell. You can, whichever know, one you, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just hoping it won't be too long. Um, but, okay, so when I first moved to Canada, I, mm-hmm. I was really... Um, what's the word extrovertive when I lived in Colombia and when I moved here you don't speak the language it's horrible kids are mean Um, (laughs) really and I I really was I kind of just lost all of my extroversion Um, so I became a really introverted person and I was a little bit more shy Um, and my parents were struggling financially Um, and I was in elementary school and this girl is like, oh my gosh, I just did a Barbie commercial and they paid me $10,000. And I was like, oh my God, $10,000. Like I, I could be in a Barbie commercial. This is like Mm -hmm. me being really naive. Like (laughs) I could do that. Um, and I could help my parents out like $10,000 is a lot of money. I could help them out financially. So what I did was <laughs> I hired a photographer and I got like professional headshots and the way I thought it worked back then, I was maybe like what, 12, 13. I don't even know. I was going to ask you, how old were you? How old you were when you were like in grade six, grade seven, I think that was. Uh, yeah. 12, 13, 12 I think. Yeah. Something, around somewhere that. in there. Yeah. So Ballpark. my naive little 12 to 13 year old self thought if I put these websites up on some of those like casting websites like barbie would just come knocking on my door <laughs> to give me ten thousand dollars can you go <laughs> <laughs> um and it kind of like it stopped there for a little bit but i was mm-hmm. still kind of interested because i started like doing research as to how this could work um and i i got more and more interested but i was still really shy so right. then high school came around and i was like you know what i'm gonna try drama class Mm. And it was terrifying, but I I really fell in love with it. How um, was your English at this time, if you don't mind me asking? It was a lot better, a okay. lot lot better. I think yeah, by high school I like spoke pretty fluently. I think okay. I think I was really lucky in the sense that I came here when I was young, so you're able to pick up the language a lot quicker. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So so yeah, by then my English was fine and I joined drama class and and yes, it's scary to like perform in front of people, but there was something about it that I just really, really loved. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, I guess things progressed. I took some like actual film and TV acting classes, so not theater classes, and I liked it a lot more than theater acting. It just felt a little bit more, um, I guess, realistic to me, like, not right. that there's anything wrong with theater acting or anything like that. I just preferred it. And I really fell in love with that world. And the more I, the more I, I spent time with it, the more <laughs> I, I just, I really liked it. And I liked the the storytelling aspect of it too. Right. No, that's really neat. I think like, you know, uh, not to toot my own horn, but uh, you know, I was uh, part of, did, I didn't make it to the final commercial, but when I was young, my mom put me in an orange juice commercial and I made the top nice. three babies and uh, <laughs> unfortunately I got cut, but that's as far as my acting goes. But I, I, I enjoyed acting actually, I should say, you know, in high school, I was also part of drama and like theater and cool. did a couple of like extracurriculars and stuff like that. And I've always enjoyed it myself as well. I think uh, similar to your story, like I, I'm also kind of like an extrovert at heart. And to be honest, I kind of like the attention, you know, if I'm being <laughs> yeah. honest. So like just being able to do that and um, theater was like a way to express myself in ways that might not been 
the traditional ways or mm-hmm. be able to do so otherwise. So unfortunately, yeah, it's not something I pursue anymore, but it, it definitely was fun and part of like growing up and just being able to do that was was definitely a good experience. So yeah. and you mentioned like you're not picking you're picking it up a lot more now with like a lot more auditions and stuff like that. I'm yeah. assuming obviously that's remote. Yeah, it's all remote now, which has its pros and cons. I mean, before you'd actually go into the room and like have actual interaction with someone that yeah. could give you direction if maybe they wanted you to do it a different way. But now it's all self-tape. So mm. um, we're losing a Harder lot. Harder or easier? Um, I don't, I don't know. I think I actually oh, no. prefer being in the room. Also, no. this might be something that not everyone relates to, but as much as I hate being nervous and like going in the room with nerves, sometimes they really push me to have a really good performance. Um, I don't know, maybe for you, when you, when you did theater, it's kind of like before you go on stage and you have all the jitters, it it almost like makes you remember your lines better and like act better because you have that energy behind you. Yeah. You have that pressure behind you and you know that there's like an audience out there watching you. Um, so it kind of helps a little bit, but on the other side of that, with self tapes, I can do it as many times as I want <laughs> and like pick the take that I really like. Right. Um, so there's, yeah, it's pros like and cons. Filming a YouTube video almost, I'd imagine, right? To some yeah. extent, some yeah, similarities exactly. there. Yeah, I mean, YouTube is so chill that way because if I screw up, it's like, okay, let's just, let's, just let's film it. it again and I'll edit the right clip in. So, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> that's good. And speaking about YouTube, mm-hmm. I know I'm not too sure how recently, again, all the dates all feel the same now but not too long ago definitely within the year mm-hmm. uh you recently were like on a panel of some sorts um yeah. with, i think also jensen, jensen actually was there yeah, as well awesome. was there as well do you mind sharing that a little bit about like your experience was that your first kind of like time mm-hmm. speaking on a panel yeah, related was- to probably your youtube <laughs> life <laughs> yeah it was a it was a college youtuber panel with like you said jensen um and some other youtubers and and it was a lot of fun. It's so great to mm-hmm. talk to other people that are kind of in the same space and have the same kind of passion about it and learning right. things from them. Like I, I learned so much just from being on that panel. Um, so yeah, that was a that was a really good time. <laughs> yeah. And how do you kind of like obviously while you're beginning and you know with you, you you've done videos since like the OG days Windows Movie Maker so obviously there's a, <laughs> a little bit more experience in that regard and doing those lyric videos and stuff like that but when it comes to like the new techniques and I think as YouTube evolves and especially within like the vlogging area for me I first kind of got involved not as a creator but just consuming vlogs with Casey Neistat I'm oh sure gosh, like yeah. a lot of people he's, have heard of great. him yeah. he's like amazing in the sense of you know, the vlogs that he uh, that he creates and the styles and just everything in general was just is just amazing, right? If you haven't seen, if you're interested in vlogs and you haven't seen his vlogs, I highly recommend it. Just search up Casey Neistat on uh, on YouTube. I definitely binged. You know, whenever I feel <laughs> nostalgic and the days where he would travel a lot, I'm like, we can't travel now, so I just live vicariously through his old videos where he's like going all over the place. And anyways, I digress. Um, uh, I'm going a little bit on a tangent, but my question is kind of like. W- how have you as a as a YouTuber seen your own style evolve throughout the times, uh, whether it be like your own style in the sense of how you edit or how you even film the videos, but also to kind of keep up with the trends, so to speak? Yeah. Oh, wow. I feel like I haven't I haven't really given that too much thought. I guess it just kind <laughs> of like evolves and it, it happens kind of right. almost naturally. And I also think through watching other pe- other people's content because mm-hmm. as much as I am a creator, I'm also like a really big consumer 
of the YouTube space. And I think you can't, you have to be if you're a creator. Yeah. Like you can't just create and not watch content. But I've noticed there's a lot, maybe this has to do with like the rise of TikTok, but like things have to be a lot quicker and mm-hmm. paced. Like you have to really change the pace, whether it be through like a different angle or um, changing up the music or you know, these kind of things to make it a Attention little bit. fans are at a bottom. That's what's <laughs> at a very low is essentially the, the nicer way of what we're trying to say right now. Yeah, like people's attention spans, I feel like have really dropped. Um, yeah. So, so I'm kind of trying to shift things to be a little bit quicker, quicker, quicker pace. Wow. I can't speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes I feel like I struggle with that because I'm like, no, I need to keep this part in. Like it has, yeah, it tells I really, a story and yeah, stuff it like that. Story, yeah. like pushes it along, but, um, eventually then I just have to cut it or what I'm doing recently, which I should have done a long time ago because I think my videos would have really benefited from it is getting my sister to actually sit through and watch them mm. and see at what point she gets bored because right. she's, she's a couple years younger than me, but I guess she would be kind of in the target audience. So right. if she um, gets bored. That means her yeah, friends are like, bored, which the friends are friends. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> and I, yeah. And that's, that's actually been really helpful. That's um, good. But yeah, I guess as time has evolved, my editing style has also evolved and I've kind of like learned a lot more things. I, mm-hmm. I edit everything on uh, Premiere Pro, which I think- I was going to ask you, Final Cut or yeah, Premiere? Okay. Most people, yeah, most people use Premiere Pro or Final Cut Pro, I guess. I was introduced to Premiere Pro in high school, so shout out to my right. IT teacher who kind of <laughs> got me even more interested in this space. Um but yeah, I use I use Premiere Pro for everything, and the more I learn about it, the more I'm like, okay, let's let's color grade it like this, or let's right. change up. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 been good. Do you have any resources that you can think of off the top of your head that that would be like good for um, not even just YouTubers, but filmmakers in general, or yeah, something along those lines? I don't have like a specific resource. Honestly, most most of what I learn is just through looking it up on YouTube and whoever. Right whatever video comes up first that's the one i'm watching yeah yeah. <laughs> i guess goes to show how much like youtube search engine matters and like where you rank on that top search really is really right. important but um yeah i i yeah i think so i guess for editing tips i really or filmmaking tips i really like um peter mckinnon um yep. sarah dici is also really good i did one of her like skillshare courses um <laughs> which is really helpful in like l- learning the pacing of our own vlogging and whatnot um yeah oh that's good i'm happy to hear yeah i think in general like once you see your work kind of progress and everything like that you also see like the fruits of your labor and you like you as you mentioned your earlier videos are probably not the same oh my gosh, to the ones so that crazy. the ones that you have like today right I, and all the different tools and everything sorry go ahead i was just gonna say i debate daily just to make them private <laughs> i'm like these are horrible but also i'm like but look at it it shows like how far i've come because yeah your growth um, yeah. totally even just the thumbnails i look at them and i'm like what was i thinking <laughs> with those thumbnails and maybe i'll think the same about the thumbnails that i'm making now like a year from now i'll be like what mm-hmm. was i thinking with those horrible thumbnails but yeah um yeah, it's kind of nice to keep them up and and see how how different I am, especially like I'll look back at those old videos and I was so uncomfortable talking to the camera in them. Like I'm I'm really fake in some of them. Like 
I'm like, hi guys. Like <laughs> you put your, your customer service voice. <laughs> and I feel like sometimes I still kind of struggle a little bit with like being more authentic on right. camera just because it's, it's really an unnatural process. You're, it is, you're yeah, sitting yeah. in your room just literally speaking to a camera. So sometimes it does feel really unnatural, but I think I've gotten better at it. Looking back at those old videos, I'm like, oh gosh, why did I even upload this? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I share some similar kind of sentiment, but like, obviously for me, it's it, not in video form, but in, in mostly audio form. So like the first, the first podcast episode that I made, even the first, like I would say 10, Mm-hmm. Um, were definitely kind of questionable, uh, mostly just because I was so nervous and like unsure of how to to structure it. Should I structure it? And like for those who don't know, like all of this besides the first and last question, everything's just kind of thought of on the spot, right? So it's just like the authentic side is what we take pride of the most in terms of these conversations that we're having. But yeah, definitely was kind of nerve wracking. Of should I even like upload this? Like. <laughs> can I even private this? I mean, I can unlist it, but do I want to unlist it? But yeah, it's always nice to kind of reflect and just be like, yeah, I made that definitely to the caliber that it, it's not to the caliber that it is today, but it's nice to see where you started. Right. Well, so, and you learn by doing like, mm-hmm. if I had never, if I'd never even started, like I get more comfortable with the camera, the more times that I talk to the camera, which I'm sure right. is the same thing too. Like the more that you podcast, the better you get at it. You can't yeah. just expect your like first things to be absolutely perfect and for you to be comfortable doing it right off the bat. But the more mm-hmm. that you do it, it's like it's literally with everything. Like practice really makes perfect or yeah. I guess not perfect, but <laughs> better. better. Improves. That's that's our that's our goal at this point. Just improvement. Maybe not maybe not perfection. Um <laughs> Bit of a bit of a question that you may or may not have gotten before. So if uh, you've you've answered this already, I apologize. But um, favorite YouTube video you've ever created? Oh wow! Um, favorite YouTube video? Ooh, I'm like <laughs> trying to think. I just literally my mind just blanked on a lot of the the videos that I've made. Um, honestly, probably some of the ones that are not as popular, like. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the travel vlogs that I made for my Europe trip that I went on in right. 2019. I really love love the editing aspect of that. It was a lot of fun. It felt a little bit more, I guess, not quite cinematography-ish because I'm not <laughs> really that kind of creator. <laughs> I wish I was a little bit better at that. But it gave me a lot more creative options as opposed like to... freedom. Yeah, exactly. And it was okay. it was a lot of fun to create those. Those don't have a lot that many views compared to like other videos. Like I think the one on my channel that has the most views right now is the like things to do when you're bored. It has like two million views or something like that. And I it was really fun making it, don't get me wrong, but is that a recent one? No. Well, no. Oh my gosh, it's been so long. I made it at the beginning of quarantine. Oh, definitely um, not recent. Then. So like <laughs> April-ish, I think, yeah. somewhere around there. Um, because I was bored. Peak boredom. Yeah, literally, peak boredom. <laughs> literally, it came out of boredom. I was like, everyone's bored. Let's make a video. And it was perfect timing. Yeah. Um, so no wonder the algorithm picked it up. Yeah, and that one things was really, to do when bored. Yeah. <laughs> that one took me a long time to make, but but that one was also really fun. I guess I guess I'm also kind of proud of that one, I think. It has a lot of like little comedic elements, but also like useful things so yeah. yeah 
No, that's that's good. Um, kind of, I guess, uh, on top of that, another kind of YouTube related question. Have you ever been recognized on campus? Or has anyone been like, oh, my gosh, I watch your YouTube videos. And I don't know why I just did that voice. But you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, I have. And that's exactly how they came up to me. That's they exactly. Okay. Me like, oh, my gosh, I watch your YouTube videos. <laughs> no. Um, yes, I have. Um, it was actually the most times people have come up to me was when I moved my sister in to residence uh-huh. in Orchard Commons. I guess a lot of first years were watching my videos before they got to UBC. So, right. um, and I was also vlogging that day, but yeah, it was really, it was really weird, but also like <laughs> really nice at the same uh-huh. time. A lot of them told me they'd watched well, not a lot. What am I saying? It was like five five people over well, the course of one day. Um, that's more people than I've gotten yeah, <laughs> come I mean, up to me. <laughs> I mean, there were, there were literally like the sweetest people. And I remember one of them said, I watched your YouTube, sorry, your UBC application tips video. And mm-hmm. that was really, really helpful to me. Like I watched it so many times and I was like, it's so different <laughs> seeing a number on a screen yeah. versus actually seeing someone saying these things to you in person even just like youtube comments i'm like oh like people are saying that this is helpful this is awesome like this is great Uh but it's so different having someone being like hey like you're part of the reason why i'm here or like i really liked how you i really love the campus and like you made me like fall in love with it kind of thing yeah Yeah, it was it was it was a really good day that one um (laughs) but i think that was really the only day that i was recognized a lot maybe like one other time in the library someone came up to me but yeah no that's cool I think that yeah it's always nice to kind of see put a put a face to well not necessarily a name to the face because you don't know exactly what their YouTube handle is but it's nice to be able to actually reflect and be like you know once they do their conversation you have you know you chat with them and talk a little bit and be like you know i impacted in one way or another that person's life right in that case obviously was to help them choose UBC right or you know, maybe she get a sponsorship from well not anymore you've graduated but uh, <laughs> sponsorship from UBC right see how many applications came through Lena's video a little like affiliate link or something yeah. like that but um that's actually something they might actually interesting yeah okay well yeah. that's a good idea <laughs> yeah, someone... I'll, I'll relay that information to the required parties uh not that i i mean i don't really care <laughs> I've, I've done my time I've, I've had my fun so yeah um with ubc and everything like that I, i'm interested in in kind of like one of the final questions here before we wrap up the episode um obviously at the beginning you, you mentioned uh a lot about like your your one year kind of timeline so to speak and stuff like that but i'm curious to as you close and get closer and closer to that you know that 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 end of the of of the time that you have for that year what where do you kind of see yourself going like what's kind of like the goals right now in terms of you know you you're saying the the acting and and all that kind of stuff and the commercials is starting to pick up you obviously got the youtube going on and i'm sure you've got a bajillion of other things in the background that you don't share so what's kind of like what's 2021 look like for you um, to look like. Yeah, realistically, I'll probably end up extending <laughs> the timeline. <laughs> that's totally okay. A little that's bit totally okay. Because when I first set that timeline, um, I feel like I was in a really good place. Well, not necessarily like a really good place in my life, but right. you know, I feel like things were going okay. And then I had a personal event hit that really hit me hard mm-hmm. emotionally, and I think my YouTube took a really big hit because of that. I think. Right. When I set out myself to say, okay, one year, 
is going to be the time that I need to like make this happen or like I'm going to try and make it happen within this year. I really pictured myself posting one video a week at least. Mm-hmm. And because I was really kind of trying to take care of my mental health and kind of get back up on my feet after this personal event, I kind of just made videos that were not as consistently posted. And I think that if you're in the YouTube space, you know how important it is to have some sort of um, consistency consistency and uploading schedule and whatnot. So I would like to extend the timeline now that I feel like I'm back up on my feet and like ready to Mm -hmm. really tackle this on. So um, yeah, I think- There's nothing wrong with that. No, no, (laughs) definitely not. And, And it was something that I- didn't predict would happen at all. I mean, it, it, for me, it kind of came. Yeah. It just kind of hit me, (laughs) hit me hard. I was down for a while. Um, but now that I'm back up, hopefully the next couple of months look like a lot more posting consistently and also like keep dedicating a lot of time to my acting and seeing where that takes me. And we'll see Mm -hmm. where I'm at once that one year deadline hits and yeah. I mean, no, hopefully that's... 2021 leads to some good roles and yeah, and a good YouTube channel growth. <laughs> <laughs> well, fingers crossed. Yeah, hopefully everything goes out well for you. And and I'm sure, you know, you, you're working hard and everything like that. And it's important as well to kind of reflect and take a step back. And you know, I think even aside from obviously like personal events and 2020 was a tough year for for everyone, right? It was a, a, a struggle for myself as well in terms of understanding, you know, kind of being lost you recent graduate like what am I going to do I don't necessarily have anything lined up plans wise so there's definitely a lot of uh, uncertainty but um, I think you know when we're kind of approaching this time or area or yeah I guess area of our lives you know the young 20s the postgraduate mm-hmm. like as you mentioned you, we identify it as students that's what we've been known as for the last you know I don't even know how many years yeah. but you know once you kind of leave that space or that bubble it 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 might not be like you're going, you're not jumping off into like you know, necessarily living by yourself or, or you know, being a, an adult, so to speak, right away. But it's definitely uh, a toll in the sense of, you know, what's next, right? What's the next chapter in my life? And obviously that chapter threw us a bajillion curveballs with what's going on in the world right now. So it, it added extra difficulty to already a, a difficult part yeah, of no, our lives. So um, I'm sure that, uh, yeah, everything will work out. And we might have to do a follow-up episode here uh, in a year's time to see where, where you're at. And um, hopefully, yeah, good things to, to report by that time. So um, near the end now, unfortunately, as I said earlier, and um, as I brought up prior to, to us recording, you kind of know what, what question's coming up right now, the, the finale here. But <laughs> what piece of advice would you give to your younger self? Uh, and, and why would that be? Uh to not be so hard on myself. Mm-hmm. I I always nitpicked everything that I did. Even if it was good, I would always find flaws in it and find something to really hate about it. Um, right. And I still kind of struggle with perfection. Everyone does, yeah. Yeah, it's like this like horrible perfectionism, which I think some people think it's like, wow, you're a perfectionist. That's great. No, it's actually (laughs) like, it can be really crippling. Like it stops you from, there's so many videos that I just haven't posted because I'm like, it's not, it's not perfect. It's not good enough or whatever. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I think to not be so hard on myself and to like actually see the worth in, in what I do and, and what I make and, and who I am as a person and yeah, to not care so much about what other, what other people think of me. Wow. Right. My words just got words. like, like, speak, please. <laughs> yeah. Don't, 
I, I feel like that sometimes. And yeah, I mean, obviously providing value is important for, for your content. Um, and I'm sure like, you know, the subscribers and all the viewers and the people that come up to you in person are like, you know, your video caused me to do X, Y, Z, or I'm really happy mm-hmm. I watched your video. So I think that's the, the rewarding part. And um, I think, yeah, again, more now than ever, people are just valuing the authenticity from like creators and stuff like that. And, you know, not everything has to be to, to perfection, right? Yeah, so I mean, at no- the end of the day, you're just being yourself, right? Yeah. No one's going to notice if you added that little extra like text or like little animation or whatever it is. No, like realistically, no one's like paying as much attention to the detail to the details as you are yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really do think that sometimes done is just better than perfect. So yep. I agree 100%. So thank you again. I really do appreciate Thanks for coming uh, on the episode here. Um, it was a blast. We chatted, I think, a little bit more uh, about the YouTube space, which is good because it's something that I know a lot of people are interested in. And mm-hmm. a lot of people obviously consume uh, a lot of YouTube content. So hearing it from from someone who, you know, whether they're a UBC student or even local to to the community, to Vancouver, it's always nice to hear from from local creators and you know that's a big reason why this podcast uh is what it is today for for people like yourself so thank you again where can people find you where can they see your work um yeah yeah, anything like that thanks so much thanks so much for having me first of all um yeah yeah, you can find me on youtube it's literally just lena lecomte and then my instagram is lena dot lecomte and that's basically how you can find me everywhere branding yeah, consistent it's literally just my name just look up my name and uh i'll pop up on google for sure <laughs> sounds good do you have any final words before we kind of wrap up the episode um not not too much i guess if you are looking to do youtube just do it i know it's like really easy advice but just start it just do it <laughs> go for whatever it is that you want to go for i think a lot of people do a lot of planning um before they actually get to the doing part of it and yeah small deeds done are better than great deeds planned i feel like that's a (laughs) quote that's a quote that i've loved for so long um so yeah just putting that on like a a shirt or like small deeds done are better than great deeds planned (laughs) no that's awesome yeah that's awesome that's awesome so yeah thank you again i really do appreciate it and thank you everyone for tuning in to to today's episode hopefully you enjoyed it uh if you're watching this on youtube i'd really appreciate it if you hit that like button and subscribe to to the channel um doing a little bit of a of, of the usual outros here for youtube and if you're listening on audio thank you so much uh wherever you're tuning in google play apple Podcasts, or spotify we appreciate it if you want to give us a rating as well on uh the podcast uh, five out of five four out of five whatever you want we appreciate it helps us out as well Once again, this was episode number 48. Uh, Thank you, Lena. I really appreciate it. And hopefully you guys have a wonderful day. Thank you for tuning in. Bye-bye.